What's up, Dunwoody? Welcome back to part two with Terry Nall. We hope these laid-back conversations are helping you to get to know the candidates. Uh, remember that early voting starts October 15th. My name is Matt Weber. I'm a realtor. My co-host's name is Justin Dyke. He is founder of PoolDues.com. Our beloved sponsor is Brett Friedman from Village Orthodontics. And here's the second half of Terry's 45 Minutes with us. What's up, Dunwoody? Welcome back to the What's Up, Dunwoody podcast. Sandy Springs was a place along the road, but it didn't have the the um, the vibe that Dunwoody had right. uh, even at that same time. So that's how we chose uh, Dunwoody. And that's not really true today, though, is it? I mean, with Sandy Springs, they have more of a... Well, now they got the city springs that's right, kind of close right. to there. Right, right. I, I haven't been over there It's a yet. little different. Yeah, it's a little different than the village for sure, but... Well, and, and now that Sandy Springs is a city, you know, they also installed some uh, streetscapes, you know, the, the lighting along Roswell Road in different places. And so it's starting to take a, a look and a form. But when you're sitting in a car and all you see are Georgia Power streetlights, utility poles, overhead wires, um, no real confined district per se, not even a government building. Um, it's hard to say where is the downtown for Sandy Springs. So they've done a good job of trying to, to add placemaking uh, to their, because they didn't have placemaking prior. Yeah. You know, whereas the village was a big part of it for Dunwoody. And, and of course, the Perimeter Center is another piece of the placemaking as well, but in a different way. We just learned about placemaking from Alan Mothner. That's true. That was a good, yeah. ep- good podcast. You know Alan. I do know Alan. For, uh, former director of the uh, Nature Center and, and now Arts Council. Is that a, a real thing yet? Well, he is. The group, so the Arts Master Plan uh, that we approved um, early in 18, it, uh, that we allocated money for it in December of 17. It was funny that that was a question during the candidate forum and as if we had just you know, kind of mixed it up a bit, it. but it's like we did this back in December of seventeen. Yeah. At any rate, um, well, what he was quoting was the Brookhaven one, right? Yes. Yeah. yeah Brookhaven a, just established uh, funding for their arts plan, right? And it was so, for the same company we use, the same company, right. yeah. and and really for the same uh, outcome as well. So, but at any rate, the uh, uh, when we went through that process, it was how to structure an overarching. Arts Council, for lack of a better word. Now, I mentioned being from Greensboro, North Carolina, they had their what was called the United Arts Council, fully nonprofit. They put on um, a huge fundraiser every year in downtown. Now, Greensboro's a much bigger downtown, and it was called City Stage. And every intersection, every major intersection was closed. All the streets were closed, but every major intersection became a, a performance stage. And you wouldn't pay a, a fee to go to the the outdoor concert in all of downtown, but you would buy food, you would buy merchandise, you buy like that, and it became a fundraiser for the United Arts Council of Greensboro. So when this process started, I shared what I had experienced in Greensboro about a nonprofit, and so the consultant took us through the steps of should it be all city government driven? Should it be all nonprofit, or should it be somewhere in the middle where there's public-private partnership? Uh, with this and we chose that in the middle you know where we might provide some funding to go with that Um, it's kind of how it is with all of our nonprofits, really I mean it's very much in keeping with all of the parks and recreation and and arts which is also part of that um, the mantra of public-private partnership it works really well that if we build facilities and the nonprofits provide the programming that just works out really well 
uh, for us. But so the, the Arts Council concept is alive and well, is alive and well here in uh, Dunwoody, and it's called Create Dunwoody is the name that's given to that. That's good, it, and it keeps with the uh, Discover Dunwoody branding. You know, you just add on some word before Dunwoody. That's right. Yeah, but it is, it's smart. I mean, it was a, it was a good move of Discover Dunwoody getting rid of the, what was it, the CVB Convention yeah. Visitor Bureau? No, it just, yeah. That was an easy Long. branding change. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. So I like that. We got to we got to push that a little bit more. Create uh, create Dunwoody. So CVB really describes the legal entity, but Discover Dunwoody talks more about what they do. Right. So it's nice to do that. Create Dunwoody is the same way, um, and the members have already been selected uh, for that, and so it's made up. So now here they are. What do they do next? So we're at the point of we need to take this to the next level, and in the proposed budget it's not actually in the mayor's budget but in i'm serving on the budget committee and we on the budget committee recommended adding sixty thousand dollars to the 2020 budget for seed money for the create dunwoody so that we can begin the process of implementing the arts plan uh, for dunwoody and related to that is the city council has been wrestling with um, the space over there uh, it's a park over there off for perimeter center east I don't know if you're familiar with that park, but it's... Uh, I am. Cool. Yeah. cool. Then you know all about it. It's right um, across the, uh, the, the the new bridge, the trailway bridge, right? Well, that's if I right. I was in Georgetown. So the, the trail, the Dunwoody Trailway, comes across uh, the, the, the Nancy Creek tributary, as you know, across the new bridge, right, yeah. behind the townhomes, and it goes to where the new... the it doesn't have a name perimeter center east park right it's it you Needs get to name. it off a link well i've got a name for Uh-oh, it here we i've go. got a theme for it and it's here drum roll i <laughs> mentioned it at the at the candidate forum um but it was right at the time time had been called um but but keeping in mind the trailway comes by that park and it is a natural area it's, you know it's it's got to run off and all like that but it's, it'll be a, it'll be a passive park it won't be fields and things like that um, is to do what the Beltline has. In talking to Bob Kinsey at Spruill, uh, the Beltline has art along the Beltline. So why not have art along the trailway here at this park, and it would give us the Perimeter Arch Park. And Ooh. so the theme of that park in Perimeter Center would be built around art. And it'll be, you know, it's a passive park, and art has a lot of passive, a lot of things you know, that you can look at, but maybe even stations for artists to come and, you know, find the consolation of, of the quietness and, and, and do their art. And perhaps we can do that in tandem with the, the Sproul Center as yeah, well. So There's so much business around there. I think that would be a great way for somebody to take a lunch break, walk around. That's right. And so to have it along the Dunwoody Trailway would be on a smaller scale, like having the art on the Beltline uh, that you see down in Atlanta. Yeah. So I thought that was a, a cool thing. We On council, we've been struggling to come up with a name and a theme for that. Um, so I, I, I think that, that merits consideration. Perimeter Arts Park? Yes. I like it. Not Dunwoody Arts Park? Well, Perimeter, you want your park names, I think, um, generally speaking, to suggest where they are, at least in this case, because a lot of the people that would frequent that are going to be in the perimeter. There'll be hotel, motel guests. There'll be folks. It might not be residents. It might be. That's right. Visitors yeah. Yeah, that come to that area. Um, so it feels closer for them if you're staying over at, you know, the Meridian or Crown Ravinia. That's right. Yeah. It, it feels like it's close, and it is close for them. 
And so if they were looking at a list of parks and they came across the name Perimeter, they would say, oh, that's, that's right That's got to be close, yeah. Uh, plus the fact there, there is still in a pencil form uh, the idea of a park along the Marta Lines, underneath the Marta Lines, uh, by the Dunwoody Marta Station. Um, we that is further down the line, but that probably would have perimeter in its name as well, I would think. So um, I remember going to a state farm to see if they would be interested in putting up some money to help with this because that's at their doorstep. Yeah, and you know they have the tagline of uh, like a good neighbor, and so I even positioned it as Good Neighbor Park, ah. uh, thinking that that would play into that. Oh, just call it State Farm Park. <laughs> <laughs> well, I thought Good Neighbor Park you made a lot of sense. pay for it that way. You yeah. Know? Yeah, good Neighbor, uh, I like when that. You're, when you're trying to seek millions of dollars as opposed to, you know, here's a thousand. <laughs> yeah. You know, just do both. State Farms, Good Neighbor Park. Yeah. <laughs> <There you> go. <laughs> like, like a it. Good Neighbor Park. That's it. <laughs> So what do we care? We get a free park out of it. But they, uh, well, they declined at that time. I think they'll still do it. They, they, they do spend, even though they've got their name on the arena downtown. But they, they spend more on volunteer time than they do on public funding. Um, so they encourage their people uh, to be as involved in it. Well, they can build the park too. That, that's fine. <laughs> exactly. Well, to me, it made sense because it's right there. It's literally at their doorstep. It really is, yeah. And so to me, it made a lot of sense. We visited other companies as well, but I think now with us having uh, Create Dunwoody in place, which is a nonprofit, so it can seek corporate grants and foundation grants and the like, um, I think now we can get a little more flesh on the bone as we um, um, uh, uh, implement the arts plan, which would include funding from the corporate sponsors. Because it shows that we're serious as a community about arts, and, and we have a structure for it now, whereas at that time, in talking to State Farm, it was just an idea with the PCID folks. That's what I was going to say. Park. I bet PCID would probably help That's right. get that together. They would help uh, with some seed money because there would be some transportation connectivity. Yeah, and it's all those companies that. that are part of it. That's so does, right. does Create Dunway, is it spending any money yet? I mean, has the city given them any money yet? No, this, the, the money that the budget committee is suggesting is for the 2020 budget, okay. So which we will be uh, voting on that in October as city council. Well, let's get that going. Yep. Get get Alan paid and into work. Because he did a great job at the Nature Center. I mean, uh, you know, every year they make $100,000 off the Margaritas event and, and all the camps and everything like that. I'm sure he could just use that same formula and get yeah. money rolling in again you and know i love the nonprofits and how you guys kind of just say you know what, what do you do for the nature center maybe upkeep at the building a little bit and that's really about it right we do all the facilities work we also um in building facilities we contribute some of the funding for that but the nonprofit contributes other funding as well um for instance the um the the new what's well, not so new anymore the pavilion that's up on the hill mm. uh there you know that was uh Part of that was from funding from the Nature Center, funding from us. But the, the, the Nature Center, because they are the, the tenant, for lack of a better name, at the park, maintaining the park, they're the eyes and ears of the parks department. Hey, this is something that needs to be done, both from a maintenance perspective as well as from um, a building perspective. And so we we seek to find the funds to help make all that possible. Well, well, maybe we could have a, uh, a Create Dunwoody campus over there where the old Austin, I mean, about to be old Austin is. 
Do you see... Uh, and then we just put Alan right back, <laughs> yeah, right back where, where he used to be. <laughs> Do you see other cities doing the nonprofit thing? Is that common? I, You know, I haven't researched other cities on that specifically, but I would think the newer cities rely on that because the newer cities were part of unincorporated areas, and in unincorporated areas it would be the nonprofits that would run things, whether you're churches or community groups or the like. You know, I think about uh, Brookhaven, for instance, similar situation as Dunwoody, but you have Murphy Candler as a park, and there's a, a, a defined Murphy Candler, you know, organization that oversees the programs there, uh, the Colts uh, for the football as well. So, and those are just just the ones I know about off the top, but I think all the the uh, neighborhoods in Brookhaven had uh, nonprofit groups that were undertaking various, you know, programs for the Parks and Rec. Now that Brookhaven is a city, you know, they've picked up um, a, a good part of that, but they're still working with the nonprofits as well. Yeah. Yeah, let's talk about the ambulances. Let's talk about the uh, public, what is it? Public safety. <laughs> public safety. There yes, we go. There you go. Can't get it out. How important is public safety? Yeah, that's kind of your initiative, I feel like. You've yes. kind of taken the reins on that one. Yeah, so, that was sort of all you on that one, wasn't it? Well, it, it takes a council to, to get things done, but I've certainly taken the lead on the initiative uh, with this to improve the ambulance services. Let me first start by saying for a city or a county uh, or a state, for the federal government. I believe public safety is the number one uh, job that they have. Yeah. In the case of the federal government, that's the military, but in the case of uh, cities and counties, that's police, fire, and ambulance services. It's, it's our number one duty. Um, but here, DeKalb County uh, provided, before we were a city, police, fire, and ambulance services. They provided the ambulance service directly the, the uh, units were part of the fire department. The employees were part of the fire department. Uh, they were fully paramedics uh, on the units. During the recession um, uh, earlier in the 2000s, uh, the county stopped holding uh, fire academies. And so the paramedics for the county are first trained as firemen and then trained as paramedics. So they stopped the flow of new incoming recruits to the fire service, much less to the paramedic. And so at one point, they were retiring 100 firemen each year out of the service with no new fire academy recruits coming in. And there was a time when we had uh, fire trucks parked in DeKalb County because there weren't enough firemen on the trucks. And uh, in the fire, the reason I'm talking about the fire service with the ambulance is it ties together. Um, the county budgets for four firemen on the fire truck, and OSHA requires you to have four firemen on the scene before you can go inside a burning building. And so that's important. So if there's two fires. <laughs> well, or you have to wait until another truck arrives with more people before you can go in there to rescue somebody if you're going to wow. follow the rules. And so a way to resolve that was to park the ambulances that the county fire was running and put the ambulance people, the paramedic and EMTs, onto the fire trucks so that they would have, because remember, they were originally trained as firemen, so that they would have enough personnel on the fire trucks to go to fire calls, and then that fire truck could also go to a medical call and provide first responder care until the ambulance came. That was uh, in 2013 when they outsourced 
um, the ambulance service to AMR, American Medical Response, as we have today, they uh, established a five-year contract. And so if you do the math, 2013 contract should have ended as it did in 2018. And here we are almost at the end of 2019 and AMR is still operating, but they're operating under a temporary contract because the county still hasn't chosen a permanent provider for this ambulance service. Uh, the service is designed to have a paramedic on board. Uh, you'll hear terminology like advanced life support and basic life support. Advanced life support is where the paramedic is on board. Basic life support is, is, is the EMT, which is a lesser level. Uh, we want here in the perimeter area, whether it's us as residents or the businesses and visitors that are here, we're an economic engine for the state. We have to get public safety right, whether it's police, fire, or ambulance, we have to get it right, or else the economic engine for the state goes away. And we have a um, tremendous responsibility to ensure we get public safety correct. So when DeKalb County outsourced the ambulance service, they did not subsidize the ambulance service. So they told AMR, you have to operate this just from the transport fees alone. Well, they can only staff so many ambulances in Dunwoody, and yet our need for 24-hour coverage is a lot greater, I'm talking countywide now, is a lot greater than what AMR was staffing, and that's where subsidies would need to come in. When the county ran ambulance service as part of the fire department, they were subsidizing it then. It was part of uh, both the fire millage rate and the general fund of the county and they stopped doing that when they outsourced it and they told AMR you have to support this just from the transport fees alone so but we want you available 24 7 yeah. and we want you to be on the scene in nine minutes or less for the most serious of calls uh, the the paramedic calls and that's a national standard as well so that number's not made up out of the air, it actually comes from a national standard. But AMR has not met that obligation with DeKalb County. Uh, Dunwoody has a contract with DeKalb County. They've not met that nine minute rule in responding here in uh, Dunwoody. Some months they get close, but it's not a game of horseshoes. Yeah. You know, close doesn't count. Close people months. die, so. That's right. Um, how difficult would that be to just, for Dunwoody to take in, like we did with the police service, or? so? Just like we did with police, just like we could do with fire, but have chosen not to, we could stand up a police department, we could stand up a fire department, but you're not allowed in Georgia to stand up an ambulance service to serve your community. The ambulance service is under licensing from the state. So throughout this process, you've heard about the state EMS council. The state is divided up into 10 EMS regions. We are uh, region three here in uh, our area, there are eight counties part of this, and the state provides um, uh, EMS certificate to a provider of that service. When DeKalb County parked its county fire ambulances, when they parked it, they kept one unit active. We never really knew where that one unit was, but they kept it active so they could still hold their certificate from the state. So essentially what DeKalb did was to sublet their state certificate to AMR, and, but they still had it. They now operate a few more ambulance units. Um, I think they're up to, at one point they were up to two, and I believe now they're maybe up to three or four, but they're in other parts of the county. Uh, but that's how 
we we have petitioned through the EMS emergency to have Dunwoody carved out of DeKalb County for EMS service to have a, a new zone for here. Um, DeKalb County is the third or fourth largest county depending on what you're measuring people or geography and for them to have just one EMS provider meaning DeKalb County uh, to have one certificate holder to me seems uh, crazy. Fulton County actually has five zones, five ambulance zones um, and, and Cobb County you know, has two. Gwinnett is still one zone but it's still operated directly by the fire service and where that makes sense. So that's how, so, so we cannot, uh, we can pay AMR to provide additional units, but I would argue we have a contract with DeKalb County to provide that service. And yeah. DeKalb County says, yes, we will provide it and give you nine minutes or less for uh, the paramedic calls. And they've not done that as of yet, um, but that's something we have to stay on top of to get the county to honor its contract with Dunwoody. Yeah. Ooh, well, of, thanks for doing that for us. That's yeah. <laughs> it is something that's important. Well, yeah. and that's something where every, not the sexiest thing to yeah, it's it's spearhead. It's, it's the nuts and bolts of what governments do, and that's the situation. Um, certain kinds of calls with the police are in the same boat, but in, in a paramedic call, sometimes seconds matter, mm -hmm. uh, not just minutes, but seconds matter. You've got a window of survivability on certain kinds of calls. Fire service has the same way. In a working fire, you have uh, a window of survivability. Luckily, we don't have as many uh, fire calls in Dunwoody. For all the calls the county fire goes on, 10% are actually fire calls, 90% are medical assistance calls. Yeah. So that's why we have focused more on the medical side. Uh, but it was crazy. With that, response times um, from the county via AMR had reached, uh, we had situations of 45 minutes, an hour. There was a pedestrian hit at the new intersection near here, the, the uh, uh, P, uh, North Peachtree, Tilly Mill intersection. Pedestrian struck. It was around, my recall was, it was around 7.15, 7.30 in the morning. My first thought was, and, and luck, it, it was terrible for anybody to be hit there, but I was fearful it was a child walking to school. Mm -hmm. And uh, it was a 58-minute response time for the ambulance. You could DoorDash Taco Bell quicker than that. <laughs> Seriously, I know. Yeah, you're right. But it was crazy. But that, that, to me, was one of the tipping points. We had several tipping points. Uh, Dunwoody Police had a prisoner to be transported uh, for a mental situation, and the ambulance never came. Well. And so then they had to transport him in a police unit. Well, luckily, it wasn't a medical call where they had to deliver you know, paramedic services because they're not trained to do that. Um, but that was bad. And then I think you all may remember perhaps the paramedic that actually beat up the 17-year-old oh, yeah. patient in the back of the unit who was handcuffed, of all things. <clears throat> well, he spit on her. Well, <laughs> but, it's hard not to slap somebody. <laughs> but I will tell you, I'm so thankful for the body cam footage that existed there because that would have been a, a difficult thing to prove. But it was very clear that, that the paramedic on board the, the unit uh, acted in, in, inappropriately. Yeah. That was an isolated case, no doubt, but it highlighted the problem that we have with ambulance service. Yeah, it was kind of right at the beginning of, yeah. That's right. And so here we are today. We're going to finish. The county just recently extended on a temporary basis uh, the AMR agreement, yet another uh, 90 days. 
And so we're going to finish 2019 all with a temporary contract on one of the most fundamental services for public safety. Um, and so we don't know how the county's going to honor the certificate that they have from the state and honor the contract that they have with Dunwoody uh, to meet the nine minutes or less. We need the Uber ambulances, you know, some upstart that's just going to come in and well, because what you're saying, it sort of sounds like the medallion system up in New York City with the cabs where, you know, you, it costs License. a ton of money to get it. Yeah, basically. Right. But then there's Uber that, that can just kind of slide in there and somehow do whatever, right? Well, I think it follows the model in healthcare. There's this certificate of need. You can't open a new hospital or a new MRI center with the state unless you demonstrate a need and they give you, the, you request a certificate of need, you demonstrate that it's needed. Uh, I think the ambulance service with this, this uh, certificate that the state controls, I think follows that similar model. Uh, the whole system is like the statewide. We're not the only city that's having this problem. I'm up, sure. Up yeah. in uh, 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 the city of Winder in Barrow County has the same issue. And they went through the very same thing. There's not an ambulance based in Winder. Winder's a city of about 35,000 within Barrow County. And the local EMS council said no. The director of um, public health, uh, you know, for the commissioner for the state said, yes, you need an ambulance there. We'll open a new zone. And then the sheriff of Barrow County uh, employed some political ties, called the governor and said, no, you need to tell them to reverse that decision. So it's extremely political. City uh, of Augusta and Richmond County going through this as well. So we're not the one and only, uh, and I know we won't be the last until this state system of managing the uh, EMS certificates um, uh, is is rectified. You know, it's nice that it's happening this. to other people because you can kind of communicate with those leaders. And yeah, they they've reached out to me, and and I've connected with anybody that has something going on. I know uh, Athens had been going through this a little bit as well, um, so I've connected with them. But it helps us to figure out what are the problem you're having, and is it the same as ours, or is just is it, or is it just similar? And where is the same problem that we have? We've been trying to work together, trying to force a change at the state of how the EMS certificates are granted. Well, and it's, yeah, you know, I kind of deal with that with the swim clubs. They all have similar problems, and. Um, you know, I thought, you know, I need to just make a, a Facebook group for just board members of neighborhood swim clubs, right? Um, because it just doesn't exist. Is there something like that for mayors or, um, you know, kind of higher up, like a governor's Facebook like group, like those retreats right? that you go on, right? And that Well, it is. So there's, like there's two sets of groups. Uh, one is we have within DeKalb County this DeKalb Municipal Association where the mayors and council members, we all work together. And then at the state level is the GMA or the Georgia Municipal Association. And in both instances, this is a situation that we discuss among ourselves. We tried to solicit assistance from other cities. Uh, Brookhaven, uh, for instance, would have been the most logical choice. Uh, Doraville, um, Sandy Springs, uh, I know over in Fulton County, Johns Creek, Milton, Sandy Springs, they've been following this closely. They're in a different zone than we are, but they're interested in doing something different with the ambulance service as well. But do you have like a Facebook group where you can just post up funny GIFs to complain <laughs> about this? That's what you need. That's what's going to tie it all together. Well, it certainly helped with the schools, hasn't it? Yeah, so, it has. yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. So, uh, By the way, you've been great in that group. I've, I've, anytime you post something up, I read it and, and uh, certainly very knowledgeable. Oh, we have somebody else coming too now. All right. 
Well, Terry, thanks for coming on. You want to close that with anything in particular? No, I'm happy to be here. I appreciate what you guys do, what's up Dunwoody for Dunwoody, because we're all friends and neighbors. You're helping us build a better Dunwoody, and that's what I'm committed to doing, and all the time that I've been here is to build a better Dunwoody as well. Okay. And, if you, and if you get in as mayor, can we podcast from the mayor's office? <laughs> Actually, I would love for you to do that. Okay. Uh, we'll make that an early on, uh, maybe the next day. <laughs> you know, day, day one from the mayor's office, right? Nice. That's nice. right. And we'll, we'll see all the guys bringing beer, cases of beer in. <laughs> <laughs> Wrong mayor. Wrong mayor. That was Mike Davis. <laughs> all right. Well, thanks, Terry. Thank you. Appreciate it.